something that often cracked me up once when I came to realize um, as a kid, <laughs> when my dad got sick, the difference between when my dad got sick and when my mom got sick. The best way to describe my dad being sick is, woe is me, everyone take care of me, please. I can't, I can't survive, I can't do this. Life is too difficult, it's miserable. I'm gonna lie in bed. And when mom was sick, you would hardly notice. <laughs> Everything still happened. Kids were still brought everywhere, right? That being sick, my dad, this is my favorite. It's kind of my mentality, too. I'm not sick unless the doctor tells me I'm sick, and I'm not going to the doctor to be told that I'm sick. So therefore, I'm not sick. I can't be sick. I'm not going to the doctors to let me know that I might be sick. Today, Nehemiah, Naaman, sorry, Naaman, Nehemiah was a prophet. Anyways, Naaman, he's the general, that first reading, he's the general of Syria. So he's got legions of armies under him. He is the king's right-hand man. He has thousands of people as a leader. And he has leprosy. And he realizes that he has leprosy. We get the end of the story today, but to give us a background... There's an Israelite, a slave Israelite girl that is in his midst, just serving him. And she says, by the way, there's a prophet that might be able to heal you over in Israel. And so Naaman, right, prideful guy, right, king of everything, has everything at his disposal, wants to be healed, and so his pride is hit, and he listens to a slave Israelite girl and goes to Israel, goes to the king of Israel and says, hey, by the way, I hear of this prophet. Can he heal me? Can I go and see him? And the king of Israel is like, no, you're the general of my enemy." Why would I allow you to go and basically run through my land as a general to see a prophet? No, absolutely not. He has legions of men under him. And yet again, his pride is slammed. Yet again, he learns humility. Just because of my title doesn't mean I have rights to it, to this healing. The prophet gets word that he's sick and sends for him, essentially. And talks to the king and says, hey, can I, can I meet with him? Can we have a conversation? And the king agrees. And so he's on his way to meet the prophet, Elisha. And Elisha sends a delegate instead of himself to meet up with him. Talk about another ego blow. Not only is not the prophet going to meet with me, but he's sending somebody lower than him to talk to me. And what he says is bathe seven times in the Jordan. And Naaman, being the proud man, 
says, there's rivers back home that are way cleaner than the Jordan. Why would I have to seven times in your river, in a foreign country? Why would I do that? I'm a general. I don't do something that simple. I've never done something that simple. Yet, that's the humble thing. Do this and you'll be healed. So that gets us into here. He plunges into the river seven times at the word of Elisha, the man of God, and his flesh becomes like a little child, and he was cleansed of his leprosy. He's trying to give Elisha a gift, and he won't accept it, because Elisha realizes that it's God's work. But he says, right, if you will not accept, please let your servant take two mule loads of earth. I will no longer offer sacrifice or holocaust to any other Lord, other, other God, except Israel gods. What is Naaman? basic principle of this story. Humility leads to being healed. Letting it not about me, but my desire to be healed is enough to convince Nehemiah to say, I need to be healed. Put that in the present context. Present context. What do I have to do in order to be healed? I need to go to a brother priest and say, hey, can you hear my confession? (coughs) You come to confession and say, hey, Father, hear my confession. It's the humbling thing to do. It's super simple to do. And yet we have Naaman's attitude. I would rather take on legions of armies than go and tell my sins to a priest. Even a priest can't absolve himself in the mirror. I can't do that. I need to go to a brother and say, can you hear my confession? Me going to another human being who's just as fallen as I am and saying, can you hear my confession? Humility. Absolute humility. It leads to the healing that takes place. That faith, what is faith? Jesus says, your faith, go. Your faith has saved you. What is faith? Faith is a whole bunch of things if you look in the catechism. But simply, what is faith? It's a confidence in the love of God at each and every moment, especially when I don't understand it. That God is looking out for me at each and every moment. That God is with me in each and every moment. And that He's got my back for all eternity in His Son Jesus, in His church in his sacraments. It's having that confidence of 
a father, of a good father, a loving father. That second part of what Nehemiah does, after he's humbled, after he's healed, what does he want? He wants to do thanksgiving. He is moved to say, I'm not going to worship any other God except the one that just healed me. He's moved to thanksgiving. What does that increase? It increases faith. It increases faith. If we're ever borderline on our faith, start being thankful. What do you have that you haven't first received? St. Paul would later say. The other basic tenet that Nehemiah tells us is that we all have a sickness. We all have a thorn in the side, as St. Paul would say. I prayed three times for the Lord to take this thorn away, and he didn't. But what did he get back as a response? My grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient in your weakness. We don't like our weakness. God loves our weakness because that's the point we need Him the most. That's the entry level. God enters our life almost in our weakness because we recognize I can't do it myself. I don't want to do it myself. And once we recognize Him, we need Him in our weakness, we recognize we need Him in our strengths at each and every moment to become more like His Son. That's what God's saving us to be, is fully human. Fully human is the human person fully alive, is glorifying God. Jesus is fully human, fully divine. As we become more human, we become more like Jesus. We become more divine. Go, your faith has saved you. This conversion is an ongoing through our entire life. To grow in thankfulness. Father Bierman and I were talking last night, and he was saying that a trillion things, a trillion things, more than a trillion things, have to go right in order for you to wake up this morning. A trillion things have to be right in order for you and I to be sitting here now. I can't even list the trillions of things. My mind can't even compute what that means. Not only my ability in my own cells that I have no control over, this body, but beyond me, the universe, the sun, meteors not coming this way. Trillions of things had to go right in order for me to be here. 
Are we thankful? Or is it just another day? That faithful, that thanksgiving leads us to faith. Because we recognize the source of all that is good. Jesus himself, the Father. Lastly, if we have died with him, we shall also live with him. If we persevere, we shall also reign with him. But if we deny him, he will deny us. But if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Jesus cannot deny himself. Who is Jesus? The Son of God sent to save us. He can't deny that. He will never deny that. Even if we do. Which means what? If we're off the path to get back on the path. How simple is that? Going to confession. How simple is that? Growing in a life of prayer. How simple is that? Growing in a life of virtue. It's not simple because it's a work of us. It's a work of the Holy Spirit in us. The ten leopards, one returned for thanksgiving. Let us be that one. His conversion that happened on the spot was the Holy Spirit's work in his life. Let us not miss the opportunity we have this morning to receive Jesus into our hearts in the Eucharist, to give him thanks for all that is, and an increase of faith, hope, and love in Jesus.